Snow White and the eight dwarves. My dwarves, my dwarves, come on, please gather around, all of you. Now, I have just learned that one of you eight dwarves has betrayed me. Now, I don't think it was you, Doc, nor you, Sleepy, Happy, or even Grumpy. I don't think you'd have the nerve to do it, Bashful. And you, Sneezy, you're too busy dealing with your allergies. And Dopey, well, you're just not smart enough to be a stoolie. Which leaves just one of you. Snitchy. No, 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 no. You've got it all wrong, Snow White. You ratted me out to the cops, so say goodbye, Snitchy. No, 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 no. All right, now. The rest of you, get back to work. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And you better whistle while you do it. Will not be presented at this time. Wake up, Sleepy. In order to bring you this special podcast. And you better show a better attitude, Grumpy. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and fun. Boy, did I like this group. He called the band. I pulled into Nazareth, was feeling about half past dead. And I can't believe that nobody ever thought of calling a band the band until the band called themselves the band. I think I've brought this up before. I think that's just lazy. Well, to me, it's just cutting to the chase. It's yeah, like let's... calling your dog, dog. That's fine. Tarzan named his kid, boy. That seemed to work for him. I guess. Robbie Robertson, though, the leader of the band, has passed away at the age of 80, as you know. Uh, They were kind of what they called an Americana band. They sang about times past, usually. Songs about union workers and things that you would associate with the Depression years. The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. This was a big hit for them. Such a great song. And this is my favorite The Band song. It's called King Harvest Has Surely Come. And the reason I liked it so much is because I love the big, throaty, ballsy organ in this (laughs) song. Uh, and and the, the organ player here is Garth Hudson, who now is the last living member of the band. All the others have died. Richard Mar- uh, Manuel, Rick Danko, mm. LaVon Helm, and now Robbie Robertson. Uh, this was another great song by them. There's a lot going on in this song, which I really like. All kinds of noises. I think there's a goose harp going on in here, and drums and organ and guitars. Up on Cripple Creek. Robbie Robertson. He, they were associated with uh, Joni Mitchell and Van Morrison, Muddy Waters, Neil Young, Bob Dylan. Their final concert was in 1976, and uh, and it was. It was produced on film by Martin Scorsese, I think. But uh, check that out sometime. Also, we f- bid farewell to Paul Rubens, mm. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 70 years old. My kids might as well have lost a member of their family. They are so bereft. Yeah. They loved his TV show on CBS, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yep. 
And then his movies, of course. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 1985. The That actually preceded, I believe, the TV show. Uh, but he was... Oh, uh, did it? There was nobody quite like Pee-wee. You can't say, oh, yeah, he was like this guy. No, he was one of a kind. Really was. And... Uh, and pretty cool it, it created a very original character and uh, a lot of people of a certain age are mourning him to this moment uh, thanks how's it going going pretty well uh, hey mr letterman for first of all i wanted to bring you this it's the fourth of july gift and, and it's for you and it was made by my sister expressly for for you that's very nice your sister is she older or younger she's younger younger and what is her name her name is hermione herman <laughs> Yeah, 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 but we can't we can't forget that he got arrested for you know. I can't. You know, public indecency. Public indecency. What is? Do you ever hear of women normally getting arrested for that stuff? Not getting arrested. <laughs> exactly. We know how to keep it. Yeah. We, we knew how to keep it quiet and yeah, hidden. Yeah. Well, he wasn't as successful at that. No, he um, wasn't. I think it was but, a public restroom. I forget what he did. I mean, oh you, you know, when you think about it, everybody, every celebrity, every celebrated novelist, yeah. showbiz person, movie person, uh-huh. yeah. some of them are caught, most of them aren't, but everybody has some skeletons in their closet. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I can and, barely shut my door. Barely. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. do. <laughs> uh, another guy that uh, kicked off, Mark Margulies, 83-year-old yes. actor- uh, we know you and I both love the the TV show Breaking Bad. He was later yeah. featured in Better Call Saul. He played mm-hmm. the part of Hector Salamanca, drug yep. lord. And in the latter part of his uh, performances, he had by then had a stroke or something like that, so he couldn't speak anymore. Right. But he would sit in his wheelchair, and on that the arm bell. of the chair was a bellhop yes. bell. And when he would ring it, he would ring it for yes or no answers. And But when you heard that bell, you knew somebody was going to buy it. <laughs> Scary I know. character. Scary it was character. The, the creepiest bell ever. Yeah, very creepy. Really Oh, good. He was God. in lots of other shows, but that's the one he'll be remembered. Yeah. He was 83. And then, um, what's the scariest movie you ever went to, Lisa? <sighs> the you know Exorcist. Yep, that's it. That's it for oh, me, my- too. God. I still have nightmares about that. Keep away. The sour is mine. The director of it, William Friedkin, passed away yep. while we were yeah. uh, off. Uh, 87 years old. The Exorcist just scared the ever living bejesus out of me. It was so scary. I couldn't sleep for nights after seeing that thing. They had people in 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 theaters vomiting, passing out. Visit here with this cash. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she cares. They had to they had to be taken out of the theater. It was so traumatizing back. Now it's nothing. Like you watch it now, and it's like, oh, really? People were passing out over this. Yeah, it almost no, looked that like was, a parody. No. Yeah. It was a huge departure from anything anybody had ever seen. And by the way, speaking of creepy. That music mm-hmm. is the creep. <laughs> you hear that music, and the hair on my legs just stands right up. <laughs> oh, is it God. standing up right now? Just talking about it. Yes. 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 Uh, anyway, he uh, William Friedkin was the director. He also uh, did The French Connection. Those were his two big movies. I love both right. of them. But so good. one other movie he did that was a favorite of mine and. Few people probably remember it was called the Sorcerer, and it was a it was a remake I, of a of a French movie I think or something. But it had I to do with these guys that. driving truckloads of nitro over very scary bumpy roads. I think down yeah. in South America. We now need experienced truck drivers, men who are willing to do a dangerous job. The men who qualify, they will receive exceptional wages. Only experienced truck drivers willing to risk their life can do it. I yeah, I never saw that movie. Oh yeah, well it's it wasn't a big hit. wasn't a hit at all actually. Uh, there it probably. is. Roy Roy Scheider. Oh Roy Scheider, that's why I had it wrong. So and of yeah. course Robert Shaw was in 
Jaws too. Okay, so that that takes care of all of that <sighs> business. How you doing? I'm good. Hey, we have some other business, my friend. Lay it on me. We have some really, really wonderful listeners. I know we only have 14, but I got to tell you, the 14 people that we have that listen to this podcast yeah. are... Wait a minute, I'm just getting a text. First of all, first oh, of all, they're shoot. beautiful. It's down to 13. Uh-oh, what happened? Yeah, what did somebody, you do? Somebody just you... fell off a cliff. Oh, I thought yeah. you said something. That's usually how we lose the lo- 13. Listeners. 13, no. <laughs> So not only are they gorgeous, I mean, I'm stunned at how beautiful they are. These are the prettiest listeners I've ever seen, ever. Not only are they gorgeous, but they're generous. Munificent, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I wanted to just recognize those folks that gave us some coffee money. Please do. um, For our podcast that we... We do on our own dime. Actually, now we do it on their dime. <laughs> We're not doing it on our dime anymore. And it's just really nice that they contribute to keep this. I can't believe people want to keep this going. Does that surprise you at all? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so who do we want to yes. particularly thank? I mean, everybody just for even dialing this thing up. Right. Well, but- we've got we've got Richard Guff. We've got Deborah Weller. Um, Lynn Johnston. We've got Justin Purdy. Michael Quintus, Quintus, uh, Bill Halpert is crazy. Yeah, like Bill, every every quarter, every month, he seems to say yeah. something. You don't need to and do Pat, that, Bill. But and thank Pat you, Pat Alder. Yes, he does. Don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah, he needs to do that. Pat Alder, and, a terrific woman, very funny too, by the way. Yeah, and then um, Paul Casey, and so Bill. So I didn't get to Bill yet, but I Paul Casey. I, I couldn't believe how many zeros were on the end of his contribution to us. Which Paul, was... you might have screwed up and you might not have attended I think, this. I think, I think he did. I think Paul donated. Uh, he I mean, I think Paul thinks he donated $250, correct? I think that's what he thinks. Yeah. Well, you put it. It's $250,000, Paul. And we, yeah. we immediately cashed that check. So Yeah, um, it cleared. It cleared. And it, and it cleared, so good for you. But uh, No man, kidding. Uh, we, we're basically, so, both of us are going to go on a extended vacation, and we're not going to probably do another podcast for a couple of years with that <laughs> kind of money. Uh, we're set. So thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul, by the way, um, just a wonderful guy. He uh, does a radio show of his own on, I, I don't remember the name of the station. It used to be called Kixie. But I think they might have yes. changed their, their call letters. Yeah. He's on Wednesdays, and yeah. he often plays segments from this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's what he's paying us for his content for our. Well, con- he's paying for I don't know. Well, we but anyway, I him, just but... felt compelled to. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, see, you know? I'm a really good poet. You know that I'm just a great poet, Pat. I'm like I just I I You're... don't want to put my art out there. I like to keep it yeah. personal, but I thought. This time, I would just write a little tribute to oh, Paul. Oh, that'd be lovely. Like, yeah. Can I, have a little, can I have a little poetry music, please? Go ahead, Lisa. Yeah. <sighs> okay. This one is actually one of my better ones. It's, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so. Just get on with it. This music won't last forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Go. just, 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 so. Go. Hey, Paul Casey. We want to kiss your facey. All that money you gave us made us a little spacey. In fact, Pat started to feel a little racy, so he went out and he bought something lacy. Thank you so much, Paul Casey. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely, Lise. Lovely. Thanks, Pat. I know. Hey, by the way, last time we did a podcast, I mentioned the passing of a woman named Jane Birkin, who was the female part of a song called Je Je, Yeah. Well, it reminded me. Of another song that we used to play all the time, which had a similar featured female vocalist. Uh, a little different, though, and uh, hard to figure out. But it was I large- don't think it was that hard to figure out. <laughs> well, it was largely an instrumental by a group called the Chaka Kaz, 
1971. The woman's name was Carrie Kenton. And we used to play this on the radio all the time. And we would use this song in various ways. Sometimes when you were the sports reporter on our radio show, you would read sports scores during the instrumental sections of this song and then stop so that this woman could moan and groan for a while. I get fever, I. I think I also did. I, I think I also did traffic reports with it too. I think that's how it all started. Yeah, it was a great. It's a great song. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. Uh, sometimes I would simply use the instrumental portion of the song to tell jokes. Right. No. 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 And then I would pause in the joke in time to hear her performance and then the instrumental would resume and I'd continue with another joke. Something like this. The Pope decided to visit America and he was gratified to see a huge crowd waiting for him at the airport. But he was kind of upset when he heard everybody chanting, Elvis! 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 He stepped down from the plane. He said, Oh my children, thank you. Uh, but I am not Elvis. But no one seemed to hear him, and he was ushered into a white stretch limo with Elvis written in diamonds on the doors. And he said to the chauffeur, the Pope said to the chauffeur, I'm not Elvis. When the limo pulled up to the Waldorf, it, was, uh, it had to make its way through a big crowd, and the crowd was yelling, Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. And the Pope kept shaking his head and said, I'm not Elvis. And then he walked into the hotel and three lovely women clad in the scantiest of negligees walked up and the Pope looked at those women for a minute and then he cleared his throat and said, Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready and go, can't go. I, I get fear, I... Okay, so... I wanted, oh I wanted to remind you and uh, others who may have heard that, that our old radio show of the immortal classic, Jungle Fever, the one and only hit really? of the Chaka Goss. Oh, yeah. wow. Hard to believe. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, we live, as you know, because you, you've been to our house here in Central Oregon, we live yes. just a few feet away from... A terrific bicycle trail. It's a walking, yep. walk at paved trail for bikes and trikes and walkers. He, uh, you know, we'll see skateboards come along once in a while. But just about, I would know, about 150 feet from our house, there is a hill and it turns into a hairpin turn. It's the sharpest turn on uh, in this entire place. Uh, we live at a place called Sun River. And they have like 39 miles of paved bike trails. It's it's a bicyclist paradise. Yeah. But the one and only major steep hill and sharp hairpin turn is right near our house. And, and, the, so, and the sharp hairpin turn is when you're coming down that hill. I've yes. come down that hill. Yeah. I've come down that hill. You do not want to barrel down that hill towards that curve. That was not well planned. Whoever no, put no, that there no, it was didn't very, plan it. Very poorly planned. And yeah. there are not adequate warning signs there. Now I have <laughs> no. I have written things in chalk, you know, with a skull and crossbones and slow down <laughs> and be careful. But people still go down the hill too fast, especially parents with little kids. Oh. The parents leading the way and then their little kid comes and and goes off the the, the trail and it's like, out of control and it's all all kinds of cinder rock and things like that so uh. so they get pretty chewed up when they fall off their bike uh. and it's sad and so we always keep a box of band-aids at the ready because I go <laughs> zipping out there because they're oh you were so sweet well no we're not sweet we just uh we, i guess we want you just to, don't want blood on uh, in the front of your house and to escape litigation <laughs> even though it's yes. not really our fault it's not our our idea but that's really sweet. but through the years we have seen some amazing things and witnessed screaming crying kids uh you know they're mortally wounded or so they think and we bandage them up and send them on one time i drove a kid 
home because he couldn't he could his bike oh. was so mangled up. Oh uh, my god. Total stranger driving a little kid home but he was by himself. So here are three and we just experienced one spectacular uh, spectacle the other day. But here's three that I remember best of these bike crashes. One time a little kid crashes. He's lying on the ground. He's screaming. He's crying. He might have broken bones. Who knows? His mother is with him. She jumps off her bike. Now, what do you think a mother would typically do if her child is screaming, she crying, would bleeding? Gather him up. Yes. She would c- c- uh, calm him, shush him, maybe kiss his forehead, yeah. kind of do a sort of a, you know, a quick scan to see what's happening, but yeah. but most of all, comfort the child. Comfort. Let them know that it's all going to be okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. This particular yeah. woman eventually got around to that, but that wasn't her first instinct. Her first instinct was to jump off the, her bike, grab her phone, and shoot video of the kid lying, writhing around. Oh, my God. Mommy, I'm hurt. And and the woman justified it by saying quite loudly, Timmy, you're going to love this video. This is going to be in your memory book someday. So so I'm going to shoot. Here, let me shoot a little more. Let me get a close up now. Okay. Now really let us know that you're in pain. Let it go for it. (laughs) Bigger. (laughs) Good, good. Then... And only then does she attend to the child. You know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say she jumped off her bike and started yelling at him for being so stupid. Well, we've heard plenty of that, too. I'm sure you have. In fact, we saw a crash the other day of a little kid who crashed, and his bigger brother was in front of him. He turned his bike around, went back to his screaming, crying, whimpering brother, and said... What a loser. <laughs> that was great. But our favorite yes. our favorite happened two weeks ago. Kid crashes. There's oh two kids. God. One kid's, the older kid is out front. The dad is in the middle of this bicycle ride. And then the littlest kid has crashed down at that hairpin turn. So the, the dad stops his bike, looks back, yells back to the kid. Timmy. I guess every kid's named Timmy. Yeah. Timmy, get up. Come on. Let's go. I'm not going. I'm going to stay here. I don't. It hurts. I'm not going. Come on. We got to go home. I'm not. I'm staying here. So the dad (laughs) turns his bike around and rides back to the kid. And this is what the dad says. (laughs) Timmy. It's going to be dark out here before long. You're going to be all by yourself because I'm going home. Your brother Paul's going home and you're going to be all by yourself. And when I come back tomorrow morning, you won't be here. You know why? Because you will have been eaten. I'll see you. I'll see you later. And the dad takes off. And the kid, of course, <laughs> leaps on his bike. Wait, wait for me. Wait, I don't want to be eaten. Oh, God, that's the best. It was the best. Ever. It was the best. I don't think you'd find it in a parenting manual, but it worked. Probably not. It worked but really well. That's so, very good. Who knows? There'll probably be another spectacular crash today, and I'll tell you all about it. Oh, God, I can't wait. So, Mr. Cashman. Yes. Would you like to share with everybody the newest addition to your um, lovely family? Oh, that's kind of boring, but yeah, we got a new puppy. Uh, um, Why is that boring? That's not boring. That's exciting. Well, nobody's going to go, hey, did you guys hear the latest podcast? Cashman got a puppy. Oh man, you got to yeah, hear no, this. Yeah, no. No, they're not going to they're not going to say that, but we want to know how is it going? That's where the 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 fun is. How's it going with the puppy? Oh, the puppy's going all the time. <laughs> no. What I, were you thinking? Doesn't it always sound like a great idea when you get the puppy yeah. and then when you've had the puppy for a bit you're like, "What the God, what the hell?" Well, here's puppies the, just here's, bring you to your knees, man. Yeah, it's here how I summarize it. 
the pump the puppy is constantly peeing, shitting, barfing, <laughs> farting, chewing things up, and we love her. I know she's so cute. She's Daddy really cute. May. Yeah, you overlook it. And you know, we've had puppies before, but you're right, you do forget. I said, mm-hmm. oh my God, I forgot how hard this is. Because you yeah. can't just, you know, they don't just comply with you. Come here, let's go outside. Okay, now right. go to the bathroom right. outside and I'll have her out there for 20 minutes. She does nothing. The minute I yeah. bring her in the house, yep. time yep. to pee. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what baby Sherman did. My, I spent the first six months, maybe seven, eight, maybe nine, saying this phrase over and over. God damn it. What do you have in your mouth? That's yeah. what I said. 50 thousand times a day god damn it what do you have in your mouth my wife says that to me all the time too <laughs> oh pat but, but you're right what do you but, have in your but, mouth? but we have an another dog we a dog named oliver he's a male this dog is how named, old is he now he's four how old is he's four he, oh he's only four i thought he was older than that no he's okay. just he's still kind of a pup himself he's still a baby and maggie may is the name of the newest entry and, you know, you always worry, like, how's the older dog going to behave with the newest arrival? Because, right. you know, Is he it's going to be a complete jerk. Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. Yeah. Solitary dog yeah. is the cock of the walk. They got the whole praise right. to themselves. They get exactly. all the praise, all the love, and all of a sudden, this interloper comes wandering in. And how's it going to go? Right. He's been just great with her, but they fight and oh, wrestle. Yeah. They don't. They don't fight, fight, but they play really hard all the time. Yeah, that's good. That's he literally good. can throw her across the room, but she never cries. She keeps getting back up and jumping on him. I mean, she just is like a boxer that keeps getting up off the canvas and <laughs> wanting to slug it out some more. So she's great. Uh, I mean, she's so just terrific. Uh, I'll send you some photos and maybe we can post a couple on our uh, website. Is that possible? Oh, no, that would be dumb. Oh, okay. It's one thing to talk about the puppy, but that would be dumb to post pictures. Of course we're going to post pictures of her. Good, good. I'll send them. And I don't think you told people. They probably know. I mean, I already know, but this is a Springer Spaniel baby. Yeah. Which, uh, obviously, I'm biased, but I think Springer Spaniels are the most beautiful little dogs, period. And puppies are are off the charts. Cute. God. Unbelievable. She's She's one of nine. This was a litter of nine. And so you had all kinds oh my God. of boys, girls. You had those kind called dirty faces. Have you seen those? Uh-uh. They, they look like their face has been stuck in a mud puddle, but that's their natural coloring. They're really cute, too. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, the the best, best way to select a dog is for them to select you. And that's what uh, Maggie May did. She Her original name was, what was Gabby. And we like that name, too. <laughs> but we decided, now nah, we're going to change it to Maggie May. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I like that. names that you can uh, come up with all kinds of variations of. So, like Magpie, Magnificent, <laughs> uh, uh, or, Mag- or Trump's MAGA, you know, any of those <laughs> possibilities. Maggot. That's a good one. Maggot. I didn't think of that. That'll, that'll <laughs> when be she's bad, call her that. That's yes. what you call her when she's bad. <laughs> but thanks for asking about her. She's great. Oh, uh, I can't wait to meet her, but she's probably going to be all grown up by the time I get down yeah. there to see you. Well, so. just we've had her two weeks and she's game. I mean, she just looks like a different dog. She They grow really quickly, as you I know. know. Speaking of dogs, I might have told this story before, and I'm sure I did, but because I'm running out. But there was a, <laughs> a guy that you and I both knew. He was a program director at one of our radio stations, he, so he was our boss. But his background was that he came from back east. He worked at a Boston TV station. Even as I'm beginning this story, I'm sure I've told him. Are you going to tell me who it is? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, or his, no, you can't Tom. say who it is? Yeah, Tom. Oh, Tom. Tom okay. Tom Clendenning. He and- was one of my favorite. Here's the deal with him, too. He was super tall. I think he was taller than you. He's like eight. 12 feet tall. I don't remember him as being that tall. He was very tall, but he always was impeccably dressed. He had the best suits and the best shoes. And he would just come in all crisp with a tie. And yeah, he he was a great dresser. He was our boss when we worked at a station called The Buzz, which was uh, formerly called Cairo FM. We did the morning show there for four years, and he was the program director. He hired us. He was a great boss. Yep, he was a great boss. But he lived up in Muckleteo. And he lived in a bowl. A lot of people who live in Muckleteo would know this. Certain 
radio stations, especially FM stations, they just don't come in there because, you know, FM signals kind of go straight out. And oh. so it they kind of it kind of glances and and goes right over the top of Muckle Teal in some places. So Tom never heard our radio show in the morning. He'd only pick it up when he was driving in later in the in right. the morning. But and we always, had a four hour show. We had we were on five to nine. Yeah. So I'm four what I'm saying is if you kids ever get a radio show, uh, and and you get a program director who does can't hear what you're doing. <laughs> And you'll you'll last a lot longer because he doesn't re- he thinks oh they must be doing a fine job I'll assume so I I don't hear their show much but uh, I think I haven't heard any complaints yet yeah, so yeah so that was the other beauty at any rate one of his first jobs was at a TV station back in the Boston Massachusetts market and he worked in the news department and their standard TV news open every day would be this. Is action news here? Can you, can you give me some music? To... This yeah. is action news, yeah, and now so here's your action news team. And then there would be a wipe, what we called uh, in, in video terms, a wipe that like two doors opening from the from the graphics, and then you'd open up, and then you'd see the anchors sitting at the anchor desk, and they mm. would get underway with the day's news. Well, at that time, TV stations, this was probably in the early 80s, TV stations were beginning to use video cameras. Before that, they all shot on film cameras. Mm -hmm. But there was a transition now. Everybody's shooting video. And pretty soon. Very different look. It's a very different visual. Videos. The the texture. Video's much more efficient, you know, videotape uh, than film. Film, you'd have to shoot it, and then you go into a, you know, a dark room and process it and then you have right. to edit it by hand it, it right. it's it's complex it's more uh, it is more labor intensive so at the time that tom was at this tv news station they had almost entirely converted to video rather than film but one day they had a biblical snowstorm i mean it was just huge piles of snow in boston which they're not used to and it became instantly the major news story of the day Nothing leads the news in local TV like the weather. That's nope. what because it affects everybody. Exactly. So all of a sudden, they've got every video camera app operator is out shooting snow, but they're also shooting other stories because there's other things going on. So they bring this old guy in who's not probably very old. He's probably in his 40s, but he's the only remaining member of the TV station staff that remembers how to shoot film. And he has a film camera, and he knows how to edit film. But he hasn't done it in some time. So let's say his name is, I don't know, Brad. They say, <laughs> Brad, go out and grab your film camera, if it still works, and go out and shoot some some snow footage for us. Just everything. Just walk around, shoot snow drifts, cars trying to get out of the snow, people shoveling sidewalks, anything like that. Just go out and shoot it. So Brad says, well, I, I haven't really shot film in a long time. We'll just go out and shoot some stuff, and we'll see how it turns out. So he takes off, goes out, shoots some stuff, and he doesn't get back until just about five. It's almost time for the news. And Brad says, well, i, I got to edit this. So he said, no, no, let's just put it on. We'll just put it on the air. It'll be fine. Well, I, you know, I shot some test film first. We don't care. We, this snow is what the story is of the day. We're going to put it, we're going to lead with it right off the top of the news. Okay, here it is. So they rack it up, and it's time for the newscast. This is Action News. And rather than wipe, you know, do that little video effect of wiping straight to the anchor desk, this time, on this special day, they instead transition to pictures of the snowdrifts and all of that. It is indeed the film that Brad has shot. Yes. And just as they go to it, this is Action News. They cut to a shot, a wide shot of a dog standing out in the snow. And as Brad zooms into the dog, it hunches over and takes a big old <laughs> right, right into the snow. Nobody had previewed it. This is what <laughs> So then they go to the anchors at the anchor desk and they can't talk. 
They're falling out of their chairs. Their heads are on the table. And they're looking to each other like, you start. No, you start. No, you. You go. Uh, it, that had to be one of the most spectacular news opens of all time. I said, did anybody save it? He said, I don't know. I don't have a copy of it. But oh. if, it, if it existed, it will be on YouTube somewhere. Somewhere. I love that I, story. I, I would That's like what I love that. about live radio. That's why I love doing our radio show, because it was live. We didn't. Yeah. It wasn't taped. And we, if you make a mistake or say a bad word, it's there it is. Or yeah. something didn't, you know, fire off or play right. Or yeah. you had a, yeah. a, a, an audio clip and, oh, man. I don't know about you, but I delighted in... When things went wrong. I that, know. That was that's like, why, let me tell you, that's why I loved working with you because I worked with, let me tell you, you're not the first man I've had, Pat. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Oh oui, je t'aime. And I worked with a lot of on-air talents who would just lose their <laughs> and come completely unglued. And it's like, you, you just got to go with the flow and make, you know, you got to make le lemonade out of lemons. And yeah. you were always just the master at that. And it made everything so fun because it was part of the show. It's it was part of the show. It, 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 it made it fun to see how, how you handled it and where we took it. And you would always do a callback to it later on too, or something, which was always hilarious. Try to re but, well, that's very kind of you to say, but it really was. No, like you were a, always super fun. It's like a that. gift. Oh, something goes wrong. Or, I know. Or a phone caller comes on and they're right. talking about something entirely different from what you were asking people to call in about or, or whatever. It, yeah. It, to me, it always shifted things into a new direction and usually fun. And you oh, would, you would so many let listeners go, well, this wasn't what we were planning to do, but let's go with it and see what happens. I love that. Do you remember the time you guys, see, this was the, the, the peril and the gift of being the only female <clears throat> on the team, the morning show. But you guys, it was like living with a bunch of brothers. That's all I can say is you guys were noisy and smelly and you know, disgusting. But you guys think, just... I don't think we were disgusting. Sometimes you were. I'll take the noisy and smelly part. But, <laughs> but somebody brought in what... I think they were called fart bombs or... Yeah. Um, yeah, what, I, what... I went to a convenience store. Oh, that's and, right. You know, when when you check out, they always put things, last minute items that ooh, might intrigue somebody. Oh and they God. And that was the name of it, Lisa. It was called the fart bomb. They were these little... <laughs> round things with with a a wick on them so, like a, a fuse and you'd light them and they would start smoking and they would create the sensation oh. of uh, uh what we rotten eggs is basically oh my god and they were so little but and you're like i remember we go that these I, we got to try these me on because i wonder how bad they are yeah well Holy well i liked shit. it because they make a noise you 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 lit the fuse and you, go, <laughs> you could hear it and then it go. <laughs> I thought, well, that'd be cool. Let's try it on the air and see what it's what it's like. <laughs> and this thing, we'd never tried it out before, and it's in our little confined studio. This thing goes off, and the smell was unbelievably rancid. It was putrid beyond. It'd be off the charts, awful. It and was we're coughing and sputtering in there. And not only that, but then, of course, it goes up through the duct system in this in the entirety of of the station. There were two or three other radio stations in this. Yeah, building. we had Star One Hundred One Point Five with KVI. No, no, so no, no, no. It's, it was a. It was, this was at. The oh, buzz. this was a, at so the Buzz. So KBSG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, this I was Cairo that. Radio, basically. Yeah. And uh, and oh so we God. stunk up the entire building, the sales department, the management offices, everything, the lunchroom, everything smelled <laughs> like rotten eggs. We had no idea what we were doing. That that was a major catastrophe, and and I don't know that anybody's ever been fired for setting off a stink bomb, but we almost no. were. People Did you were, cop to it? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I guess they probably figured who else would it be. 
Well, that's that's true too. But yeah, we have. He probably cash. smelled it and went, Cashman. That smells like Cashman. That smells like Rotten Cashman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know why that memory just came up but anyway. I, I remember one other time I got in a lot of trouble I uh, I used to you know give I, I still give these keynote speeches for various groups and one of my bits used to be that I would be in the middle of my speech and I would go and this again belies our radio background I guess I would go I now pause in my speech for this message from our emergency system this is only a test so what I would do is I would put somebody up to this before the speech began. And I would tell them, now, when I get to that part of my speech and I say, this is only a test, then I want you from the back of the room to yell, help me. Oh, please help me. Then I say, this has been a test of our emergency system. Very stupid bit. I love that. So I'm giving this speech at a hotel, and I put this guy up, and I said, so when I get to this part of my speech, and and he was in the back of the room, you know, he's going to stand there, and he's going to wait, and he's going to wait for his moment. Now, was can I stop you? Was yes. this somebody you knew, or you randomly yes. picked somebody? Uh, kind of both. He was a listener, and he, okay. kinda, he lobbied for me to become uh, okay. the guest speaker at the company that he worked for. Okay, so you kind of have to make sure that you're picking somebody you know you yeah. can. And he's kind on. of okay. a funny guy. I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he'd love being a part of it. And so, okay. And so we get to that part, and he does, you know, I, this is a test of our emergency system. This is only a test. Help me! Oh, please! Help me! <laughs> Concludes this test of the emergencies. Well, what I this was in a hotel, oh, and God. He, and he's in the back of the room, and I don't realize, and I think he forgot that there's a door immediately into the lobby of this hotel. <laughs> so all of a sudden, security guards come bursting <gasps> into the ballroom. Oh shit! And before long, uh, actual you know foot patrol cops come in as well. Because this guy has, and, and the people who are checking in and out of their rooms in the lobby, they're all concerned and scared because it sounds like there's a murder taking place or a guy <laughs> with a gun is, is coming through the hotel or whatever. Uh, he, he got in enormous trouble, but I had to, I had to intervene because, I mean, they were about to fire him from his job. I said, oh no, 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 God. it was entirely my fault. I asked him to do it. Please don't blame me and blame me. It all finally, you know, blew over. But, whew, man, they that would seeing all those, all the law come running into the room. One cop you, even had his gun out, and I thought just you can't because be of a yelling, stupid bit, you can't be caught, you know, screaming wolf in a crowded theater. Yeah, I know, can't be yelling yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah, pretty stupid. Hey, you know what else I think is stupid? What have you seen these commercials for a product called Lummy? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> L-U-M-E. There's a woman. L-U-M-E. There's a woman in these commercials that has her face right in your face on, on camera. And oh. she's And she puts deodorant under her armpits in the commercial. Yes. Yes. Apply it like a lotion. Fingertips. Pits. Under boob. Thigh folds. Butt cracks. Feet. I just, I think, oh my God, come on, man. I don't want to see that. Get that yeah. off of here. Why didn't someone think of this sooner? Why? What's wrong with you? What's Why are you so sensitive? You don't want to see a woman putting deodorant on? What's no, on no, that? I don't. No. Why? What's Back in the on? old days, when I was a kid, <laughs> if they did deodorant commercials, they just talked about it. Or maybe they show a guy, he's got a little water stain under his, his shirt or something like that. But under now, his armpit, you mean? Yeah. Now in the now in these days, <laughs> or in those days, the bra commercials, they would show the bra on a model, like a, on a dummy or a mannequin. They would show the bra on a man on a woman wearing a turtleneck sweater. Yes. The bra was on the outside. It was the dumbest thing ever. Somehow along the way, somebody pulled out all the stops. Now you can show anything on TV. They have a. 
they have a thing, what is it, a kind of a man that's supposed to freshen up a man's pubic areas. Oh, yeah. listen to you. I know I, I know I sound like a prude, but that, come you on. You do. And by the way, we don't need to see it. Your areas do need to be freshened up. And maybe they're showing it because guys keep missing it. Maybe they're like, we're going to be specific here and show you. <laughs> Exactly. Please don't. I don't need that specificity. Why? What's? How's it hurting you? It should be helping you. Pits, under boob, thigh folds, butt cracks, feet. The other commercials that bother me a lot are those. Oh, God. And every time I talk to this about people, they say, what is it? I've never heard of it. So I think it's because of the TV shows and stations that I watch. But it is a... Uh, malady called Peroni's disease. I think we've talked about this. That on doesn't the podcast. sound so bad. It sounds kind of. Do you know like what it is? Gonna, no, but if you're going to have a disease, I'd, if they said, "Okay, you get your pick," which one? I go. Oh, Peroni's sounds pretty okay. I'll take and I, that. And, and I'm not. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not. Uh, an, I'm not faulting anybody who has this malady, men. It's a okay. man's disease, and oh, and to show you what it is, they use a <laughs> carrot. As a teaching tool <laughs> to show a bent carrot. I know this commercial. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Manhood looks different from guy to guy, but when yours bends in a different direction, you might feel bothered by it. So talk to a urologist because a bend in your erection might be Peyronie's disease or PD. Don't you just put a splint on it? You would think, and I and they don't get specific about how okay, this see, condition they... happens, but. It's they implied it. that it's because you're going at it too hard. You, uh, <gasps> no, it's not. Yeah, rough. That's what it. Yeah. No. That's Trust me. I've met some men who go at it pretty hard and they're straight as an arrow. So well, I don't think that's I, I, the I don't want to go into more details than that. But I'm, I'm thinking the reason it happens to men is not because of what you're talking about, but because. You brought it up. Of personal uh, <laughs> manipulation. <laughs> That's got to so, be it. That's what. So that's got it. In other words, you break it. You've broken it, and now, <laughs> and now you've got a problem. And now look. Now, now look at now it. Now look what you kids have done. I'm sorry we went down that road. Is there anything you want to toss in? Because no, we, we got to get out of here. I think it's important. This is these are public service announcements that people need. We're yeah. I have a feeling our contributions are going to dry right yeah, up. I just I just ruined everything, didn't I? Yeah, you did. All cases going to say going to say see you later. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> oh man, what have I done? I've I've ruined I everything. We no, got to go. Anything you want to toss in? No, no, you can save it. Do you have a joke? Oh, one more anno annoyance and then I'll leave it at that. Oh, and that is I it, I I study commercials too closely. That's my problem. I hate commercials and they're everywhere. Where people are smiling stupidly in commercials, like what is wrong with you? It can be What's something. Wrong with that? No, it can be something like because it doesn't happen in real life. Is my point? Like it could uh -huh. be something like, "Do you have trouble finding enough room in your closet to hang up or your clothes?" Now comes and there's some device where they got other additional hooks onto a hanger so you can mm -hmm. hang more clothes on one hanger. Right, I've that, seen that, those, and they fold down. They yeah. sort of collapse, and and they show people. Putting yeah. their clothes on this thing and using this device, and they're all yeah. grinning for all it's worth. Well, yes. They're almost bursting into laughter at the joy they're getting from this stupid product. <laughs> you're getting so nobody old. does that in real life. You're when, so when you're old making and grumpy. a when you're popping a, a, a an ego into your into your toaster at home, you don't sit there grinning, waiting for it to pop out. And then you pour syrup on it and you grin all the time you're eating it. It's just not real. You try to keep on smiling. Just keep on smiling. Keep on smiling When was the last time you had an ego? Yes, you do. They make you smile. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't my best example. Oh, my God. Uh, may go my ego, please? Ego Waffles from Kellogg's. Here we go. You Let's... need to calm down. I do. You're right. <laughs> it was one of the most gruesome cases ever to come before the court in the small town. And if found guilty, the defendant would spend the rest of his life behind bars. The case had not been proceeding well for the defense. There was no direct evidence. The circumstantial evidence was quite compelling. The only chance the lawyer had was to cast some doubt 
in the minds of the jurors, and his only hope was to attack the testimony of the medical examiner. So the lawyer said, And prior to declaring the victim dead, did you check his pulse? Doctor says, No. Did you do anything to determine if the victim was still alive prior to declaring him dead? No. Then, Doctor, isn't it possible that prior to your declaration of the victim being dead, he may in fact have been alive, and then it was your negligence that caused the death? Isn't that possible, sir? Well, aside from the fact that his brain was in a jar, I suppose he could have been doing a podcast. No, 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 I, I... Andrew was a dutiful son who went with his dad to his regular checkups with the urologist. The doctor said, how's your urine flow, Mr. Gunderson? Gunderson says, it's fine. God helps. He turns the light on when I start, turns it off when I stop. I don't have to do anything. And the kid says, oh no, mom, dad's peeing in the refrigerator again. A foreigner is talking to another guy, and the foreigner says, Don't know, America is a great country, and I praise God that I came over here. Where else, I ask you, could it happen that you could do a hard day's work, find yourself outside the gates, standing in the rain, waiting for the bus? The guy says, You call that great? Ah, yes, but then a big black limousine pulls up and the boss opens the back door and said, it's a hell of a night to be out in the rain. Why don't you come in here and warm up? And then you're inside and he says, that coat is sure wet. Uh, let me buy you a new one, all right? And then he buys you a new coat. And then he says, where do you live? And he said, oh boy, well, that's a long drive. I'll take you there to my mansion and give you a big meal. And then he pours me a few drinks and he puts me into a warm bed for the night and gives me a hot breakfast in the morning. I'm telling you, this is a great country. Wait a minute, that all happened to you? No, no, it didn't happen to me, uh, but it happened to my sister. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.